0: Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Pastor Jeff Stewart. When my kids were uh, growing up, they, they learned a song. I think it was on a TV show or on a bus or on a trip going to camp or something. It goes something like this. Maybe you knew it. This is a song that never ends. It just goes on and on. My friend, someone started singing it. Let's see, not knowing what it was, and they 'll continue singing it forever, just because you know that song, is it the song that never ends, and it would drive me nuts. They would finish the song, but I wouldn't because it would be in my head for three days, and then even today, maybe i 'm finished singing this song, but a few of you may have it for the next three or four days i never liked that song because it didn't end it didn't have. A resolution. It didn't have uh, a finishing point. And there's just something about us. We like those things. We like things to be culminated and completed. We're not comfortable with open-endedness. I'm not comfortable with open-endedness. Maybe you know someone who talks a lot and they just talk and talk and talk and they don't get to the point. And that, I'm guilty of that. Sometimes I'll, I'll start talking and I forgot what, where I was going with that. And I'll continue talking so it'll come back to my mind. And it doesn't. And somebody say, what's the point? I don't know. There is no point. There, I hope I don't do that this morning. But there, there usually is no point when, when people continue talking. And it's open-ended we don't like that we want to know where are you going with this? What is the point here? You know when I was first learning math as a kid, we learned addition, subtraction, multiplication and then we got to uh, the division part and there was one particular problem that you see on your outline that I don't like it's 100 <laughs> divided by 3. Does anybody know the answer to 100 divided by 3? Anybody here know the answer? No because you can't say the answer you can't. Continue the three, three point three, three three, three three three. It just goes on forever. And my question is, where does it go? Where does it end? Is there a completion point? No, there isn't. If you're dividing a pi and three, is that equation there? Is there? Is there just something about the open end, and it's what we don't like? It, it's it's crazy. One thing in our house that is sort of like the math version of of what we go through is is matching socks. You wash the sock. You you, you have a pair that go in. And then when you come out, there's just one. Where does it go? Where did the other sock go? I have a friend that has a theory. I think he's on to something. He said because in his house, clothes hangers multiply. He thinks a transformation takes place. (laughs) The other sock sneaks out and becomes a clothes hanger. But we know that's not true. We know that's not true. We like resolution. We don't like... Open-endedness, And we're doing this series 24-7 where we are talking about the ongoing process of transformation. And it continues. It is continuing even at this point. You heard Ken praying about it. We're thinking about what God is doing in us. See, there's no f- finite way to resolve some things in math. There's no finite way to resolve the way space goes on forever. And there's no finite way to resolve our own transformation. We wish we could. There are milestones. We talked about those, but we like resolution. We like to have things that are not open-ended. And in the process, we, it begs the question of our of our own transformation. When all is said and done, what becomes of us? You've used that when all is said and done, or when in, in a nutshell, or what you know, what's the bottom line here? When all is said and done, what becomes of us in our transformation? For five, four, four or five week, fifth week now, we've been talking about the ongoing process of transformation. And we're concluding something today that's ongoing. So we can't really conclude it, can we? I hope we don't. I hope we, we, we shouldn't because of what God desires in us to be changed from one form to another. We've been looking at a verse, a banner verse, Jeremiah 24, 7. And I'd like you to read it with me again so we can remind ourselves. And hopefully you'll have this verse memorized. In the next several weeks. Read this, read this with me. I will give them a heart to know me. That I am the Lord. They will be my people. And I will be their God. For they will return to me. With all their heart. This is transformation. I will be their God. They will be my people. They will return to me. It's a continual process. It's always ongoing. Where we know God is in charge and we have to return to God. We fall, we, pick, we get picked up, and we realize that God is in charge. It's open-ended. It's always occurring with us. Let's look back over the last few weeks of what we've learned. We started out with this passage talking about a heart to know and what a heart to know looks like. It's one that is that is dependent on God. It is one that is authentic, where we're real. We don't fake it. We're upfront with God. It is one that is is uh, obedient to God. Where we learn what God wants us to do and we listen and we apply those things one by one in incremental stages. And then the following week we learned about truth. How truth is something that will come to us because Jesus came to us full of grace and truth. We understand the grace part, but the truth part is one, is one that encounters us. It confronts us. And we maybe don't like that part because we're learning things that we don't are not comfortable with about ourselves but we're free the truth will set us free we learn that truth is not a set of handcuffs but it is the key that unlocks the handcuffs in our transformation and we heard Kevin Altman talk about how truth has been instrumental in his life where he had to face up to some things that he didn't realize about himself he was blaming other people but do you know what he said <clears throat> he said that he's not finished that God is not finished with him and that he didn't do it alone. And that he can't do it alone. And then the week after that we learned about the, the uh, milestones that we have in our life of how we mature in Christ. Remember the little, little uh, potty chair that we had here? Where there are milestones and we want the kid to get out of diapers and we, we, but we don't want the kid to stay there. And that's the way it is with us spiritually. Where we leave things behind and we proceed. With what God wants us to be on the next milestone. Laura, Laura Waltz shared, she, she witnessed about how that milestone has, milestones have been instrumental in her life where she has left some things behind and where she has made some sacrifices along the way. But she also said that she's not finished. You remember her saying that? If you weren't here, she said, God's not through with me. I'm still being transformed and I'm not doing it alone. She said that. I never coached any of these people to share, to say those things. And then last week we were illuminated with the role of light. How God shines and exposes the things that need to be exposed in the darkness of our own hearts. Where we hide things. And we try to get away with things. And, and the, the exposure is something we need to have. Where God dissipates the shadows in our lives so we can proceed for his purpose. And we were, some of us were taken back by Jim Minch's story. didn't realize it. How light had dawned in his life. And how he had come to understand the importance of transformation in Christ. And he also said that he's not finished. And that he didn't do it alone. So this is ongoing with us. It's continual. It's happening right at this moment. And it will happen tomorrow as well. It's open-ended. Following Christ seems like washing and pairing socks sometimes. Where there's an open-endedness. And we don't know what the next step is. But when all is said and done, we we need to ask the question... What becomes of us? Well, let me ask another question. Wouldn't you agree with these generalized statements... Of hearing these stories in the last several weeks... And knowing of your own life? Wouldn't you agree... With the generalization... That we're all broken? Wouldn't you agree with that? There's some brokenness still in our lives. And wouldn't you agree... Also that we need to be changed and transformed? We want to change. Everybody wants to change. If you agree with that... The generalization of the fact that we're broken... And that we need to be transformed. Then we have not arrived, have we? There's nobody here that's made it. If you have, raise your hand. Don't you dare. (laughs) We agree with that. And so it is ongoing and there's a purpose for it. Does it end? Yes, it does. But only in God's timing and for God's purpose. There's... Uh, uh, the example of Jesus coming to this earth. We often talk about the life of Jesus. We're centered on the life of Christ. And when he came to this earth, he had a purpose in teaching about the kingdom of God. We often hear the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? It's a microcosm of what God intended things to be. And it's a microcosm of where we're headed. But we're in process of getting there. And there is a purpose that God has for us to see what his eternity looks like. So we see Jesus, and even the disciples were saying, Let's finish this up, Lord. Let's get this thing culminated. But he didn't quite do it that way, did he? Listen to a little characterization of what Jesus' ministry was like in Matthew 9, 10 through 13. It's kind of an open-ended thing. It says, While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house... Many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with the tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, they didn't ask Jesus. They asked his disciples, and Jesus knows what they're asking. On hearing this, Jesus, you know, probably stopped everyone that he was talking to, and he addressed them, and he said this, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and find out, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Are you in that category? Or are you with the Pharisees? The Pharisees were the righteousness police. They had to make sure everything was okay. They went around to make sure everybody behaved. What's Jesus doing with these folks? They wanted to know that. What are you doing? You're supposed to provide a kingdom? What are you doing with these folks? Is there a purpose to this? This seems open-ended. Jesus doesn't go to them. He goes to those people who are sinners, people who need help, people who are in process, people who carry on the purpose of God, of His perfect truth, in broken souls and vessels. I think any corporate CEO would fire Jesus if he had a strategy like that if he brought it before them I'm not going to go to the lost people I'm going to go to the people who are are, are irreputable I'm going to go to the people who are, are, are working on their lives and they can't get it together no you're not going to do that that's not a very good plan Jesus and that's what the Pharisees did he's telling those who think that they are resolved and have nothing open ended that his commission goes to those who know they are not resolved and are open-ended in their lives he does that for a purpose he quotes from the prophet Hosea so that they understand that what they study has much deeper purpose he says go back and look at it again see what the deeper meaning of this is listen to these words he says to them I desire mercy not sacrifice go back and look at it again and that's where we are with, with our transformation. I will give them a heart to know me. I'll be their God. They'll be my people. They will return to me with all their heart. They're broken. They understand that things are open-ended in their lives. They understand that things are not resolved in their lives. And they want to progress to a point where they can become more godly in their character. And it never ends. We agree with the generalization that we're broken, don't we? So we're right in the good company of of those that Jesus called and Jesus' strategy. We want to be transformed. We want our minds and our perspectives to be penetrated to the point that we don't stand alone. Nobody here should feel alone in their brokenness. Nobody here should feel like they're the only solitary person that has open-endedness in their life. Nobody should. We don't stand alone in this. And there's a purpose for all of this. You see, people want to change. Most people want to change. People here want to change. People out there want to change. Don't they want to change? Most folks want to change. They want some kind of resolution in their lives. They want something that gives them purpose. And it just seems so open-ended that they can't find it. And isn't it amazing that a lot of people end up here with the the, the, the faith and the trust that they have in God, where they're being transformed on a daily basis. And you know, it takes time for that. It takes patience as well. We've seen people here come and go. I know many of your stories. You've heard some stories, but we have seen people come and go. Now I want to get real with you right now about the brokenness that may be represented in this room. And I want you to listen carefully to what I'm saying. Let's get real. It's very likely that they're are women in this room or have come to this church that have been through the pain of an abortion. It's very likely. It's very likely that there are people in this room or people who will come to this church who have been sexually active and promiscuous outside the context of marriage or still are. It's very likely that there are people who struggle with pornography or lust have made some strides or are still being plagued by that. It's very likely. It's very likely that there are those here who have been plagued by substance abuse and are challenged daily not to yield for some type of compensation for their for their minds and their brains and their body just to get away, to escape. It's very likely. There are people here who are obsessed with money and material possessions. There are people here who struggle with themselves and and may not even like living. There are people here. And then there are those of you who aren't aware of any struggles at all. And you have to think real hard. Do I have any struggles? And if you're in that last category, you're wasting your time. You are wasting your time sitting here. Because it is the former that Jesus came to redeem. It is the former that Jesus came to transform on a daily basis. And if you can't think of your struggles, Dave, let them out of here. Is there anybody here that does not struggle? It's almost like asking that question at a wedding. <laughs> is there anyone here that didn't think this couple should be married? There's always this dead silence. There's nobody here there is nobody here and there's, there are plenty of people out there that I can identify with your struggles on a daily basis the ongoing process of transformation it will only be concluded when all is said and done but it will be, we're on the way we are on the way, we're on a journey we're on the way and I think it's part of the heads up that Jesus gave us when he said count the cost, it's not going to be easy to do this it's ongoing, but it really isn't unresolved and open-ended. Let's be fair. It involves a threshold of death or when God decides to culminate everything. That's what it says here. But that's in the language of the people who wrote these things, the people who died for their faith. It's in the language that things will be said and done, that things will be resolved, and there's a purpose for the transformation that we go through. There is a purpose. Listen to the words of 2 Corinthians 4. 14 through 18. Listen to these words. Paul says. We know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus. From the dead. Will also raise us. With Jesus. And present us with you. In his presence. It will happen. All of this. All of this transformation. Is for your benefit. So That. Here's the why. The grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. We had a little overflowing this morning in our worship. There's a purpose for that. You were thanking God for what's what's taking place in your life, all of you. And he says, therefore, we do not lose heart. It seems open-ended. Though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. I have to remind myself of that every time I look at myself in the mirror. I am wasting away. But I'm being made new inside. For our light and momentary troubles, they don't seem that way sometimes, are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So what do we do? We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary. But what is unseen is eternal. We're progressing. We're achieving. What's the purpose? So that thanksgiving may flow over to the glory of God with more and more people. We're wasting away, but we're being transformed for a purpose. And we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. That word fix that you see up there comes from the Greek skopos. You've heard of scope? You look through a telescope You look through a microscope. You don't see anything else. You're you're fixing your eyes on something that has a very limited field. And nothing else matters when you're using that instrument. Because you're focused on something. You don't even know what's going on around you. That's our problem. Sometimes we get distracted. We don't have a scope for Jesus. We're wasting away outwardly. But inwardly we're being renewed day by day. It's achieving for us an eternal glory. And so what does that do for us? Gives us hope. We have a hope. I have a hope. That's a good word to describe it. I remember when I first became a Christian and some of the ridicule that came to me in the Navy, there were times where i say, okay, God, I hope you're real. I'm laying myself out there. We have a hope. We have a hope. And when all is said and done, do, what do we do with that hope? We just kind of hang out and wait for it to be uh, culminated? No. We don't do that. You see, we want change in our lives. You think we're any different from the people out there? You know what happens when people are drawn to Christ? You know that yourself. Somebody's changing. And somebody sees it. You don't sense it yourself that much. You you still know your struggles inside. And somebody sees you changing. They want that change. And you tell them, I haven't arrived yet. And they like hearing that. You've heard people say, oh, I can't go to your church. The walls will fall down. They think we're a bunch of perfect people here. I've always told them, don't go in there and ruin it. Don't go in there and ruin it because we're not perfect. You can't find a perfect church and if you do, don't ruin it. Nobody's perfect. You've heard that, as a cliche, but people want to know that because they want to change. Listen to the words of Hebrews 10, 23 through 25. It says, let us hold unswervingly. That's a good word. To the hope we profess for he who promises faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. By the way, next week we have our benevolence offering. And I want to ask you to to buy some food. Because we have people that need our love. We have people that need food. And so make sure you write that down to bring some food next week. Let us hope unswervingly for he who promised is faithful. We will have resolution. But God is working in us and through us. Here's here's the whole culmination of what God has has given us hoping in Revelation 21, 3 and 4 if you look at that. It says, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, the home of God is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will remove all their sorrows and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain for the old world and its evils are gone forever. That's resolution. That's resolution. What are people looking for in their lives? They want change. They want some type of resolution we have it within us they don't know that it's a journey that's plenty of rigor but it's worth it because it involves eternity and we can't see eternity it seems like it's unresolved but it's not god is just over the horizon where we cannot see and there's a purpose in us and through us when all is said and done everything will be resolved if you're looking for resolution but in the meantime, God is working in us and through us. A lot of people came up. I don't mean to put you on the spot, Jim, but Jim mentioned when he shared last week, a lot of people came up to Jim and were talking to him about some of the struggles he'd been through. And I know that Jim has also helped other folks. And I know we have other people here who have had rough journeys who, where people have come, first come to Christ have been able to pair up with somebody else that has taken that journey and received help. And that's something that I'd like for us to do intentionally. In your bulletin you have an insert called Pace Partners. And I'd like for us to really be intentional about about this in in our ministry together. I want you to, to take this out and look at it. It's about the transformation I don't want us to finish today with. I want us to continue it. It says here, in order to harbor ongoing transformation and growth at Northgate, we must encourage one another by making ourselves available to fellow followers of Christ. If you'd like to receive help in your daily walk with Christ or offer support to others, please indicate that below. We'll do all we can to match people up so that God's purpose can reach a progressing potential in every person. Maybe you can help somebody else. Make sure that you put male or female, or if you're a couple. But maybe maybe also you need help in your journey. So that you don't sense that you are alone. I know the stories that are here. I know people that can identify with other folks. I wish I could point them out and say, you go with that person, you go with that person, you go with that person. I know these stories. Ken knows these stories. Johnny knows these stories. But I want you to make yourselves available. So that we can continue to grow. And the purpose of that is so that more and more people can come in here and realize that the resolution only takes place by a commitment of faith to Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we uh, we prefer to have things um, that are together and, and we prefer to see things that aren't open-ended. But Lord, you know that in our own lives, you see our hearts, that there are many areas that aren't resolved. And we have some shame, and maybe we even avoid praying to you about these things. We're not up front because of the frustration of not making progress. Lord, we just ask that you look within us and see those areas. And that we would be real to you with these areas. But we would also seek the help of others who struggle likewise. There are people out there, Lord, who are in darkness. And there are people who don't know that they have a hope. And they're going the other direction. Lord, we may be their only hope because we ourselves struggle as they do. And we can say that it is you that gives us strength. It is you that gives us the perspective of eternity. That we fix our eyes on you and that we don't rely on the things that are around us. and That there is an eternity that is full of bliss. And that is absent of everything that stands in our way. And we look forward, God, to that. But we just ask, Lord, that we would be willing to bring others in as well. And we would encourage each other in this process that you call transformation.